Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support creative control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture, and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape, both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Andy Schaff is a talented songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, singer, and producer currently based in Toronto, Ontario. Originally from Saskatchewan, Schaff plays in a band called Fox Warren and has been releasing critically acclaimed music under his own name since around 2006. On January 24th, 2020, the record labels Anti and Arts and Crafts released Schaff's excellent new album, The Neon Skyline, and shortly thereafter, and well before COVID-19 pandemic restrictions were in place, he and his band began an extensive world tour. At a February stop in Edmonton, Andy and I climbed onto his tour bus for a good chat about late-night TV talk shows, the Skyline Restaurant in Toronto, and how the people and ambience there might have influenced his conceptual lyrics on the Neon Skyline, narrative songwriting, and the time he got to meet Randy Newman, his future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control and Massey Hall's concert film series live at masseyhall.com where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past guests like Andy Schaff, who's on this the, this very episode of the show. Plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 539th episode of Creative Control, featuring the quietly ingenious 
Andy Schaff, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Somewhere between drunkenness and charity, she puts her hand on the sleeve of my coat. She says, I've missed this. I say, I know I've missed you too. She says, I was actually talking about your coat. She makes me laugh. Oh, well, she makes me laugh. I just let my head sink down and fix some deep sores. Come on, baby, try Andy, how's it going? Good. <laughs> Good. Thanks for having me on your bus. This is fun. Yeah. It's very fancy, right? It is a little fancy. Do you often ride in a, a bus like this? No. No. I've never done this before. You never have. They're what really you, what expensive. Are you, what are you doing right now? Oh, my God. You're trying to close a door? door? I think it's stuck, actually. Do we want more privacy than we already have? We're on a bus. Yeah. How fine. does this work? Oh, is somebody coming in? Oh, there you go. You know how to close that. Oh, thank you very much. That's very. Look at that. Hey, is this your toque? Is this your toque? <laughs> I think he's angrier that we're back here. Yeah. I thought, was he doing us a favor or was he shutting us out? I think he was shutting us out. That's <laughs> okay. Who was that? Who was that guy? Chris. That's Chris. What does he do? He plays guitar. Okay, cool. Uh, well, how's the tour been going? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Now Chris is coming back. Is that what's going on? <laughs> he's not. A, he's like, I'm missing my hat. Where is it? Yep. It's okay. Sorry. Any highlights from the trip so far? I mean, not not really. It's been fun. You can't think of a, a single we, highlight. We played on Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, that's right. I saw that. That was great. Did try again. Yeah. That song won't get out of my head. Nice. Hate Sorry. It. I'm sick of it. Like I can't. <laughs> Every day I just think of it and I sing the chorus to myself and. It's that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, Just no, it's good. Drive people crazy. It's your work. It's working well. Congrats yeah. on all the, on all the success and everything. It's going well. Thanks. Yeah. So Jimmy Kimmel Live for those of us who will never get the chance. You know, I'm a big late night person. Did you know this? Really? Love late night. Which steeped one? Steeped in all the lore. Which one? Yeah. All of the late nights. Which show? Which yeah. Well, I grew up watching Letterman. Sure. And then I grew up watching Conan. Yeah. So those are my kind of benchmarks. You mean now? Yeah. I wish Conan still had like a big prominent show because I see it all. Now his show's only half an hour and he does a podcast and he what? goes traveling. Are they, are they an hour? Well, they're normally all an hour. Oh. Shouldn't you know this? You were just on one. Were you waiting around an hour? <sighs> Longer than that. Right. So this is a thing that comes up on the show whenever I talk to people who have been on those shows. You're there all the whole day, aren't you? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Well, yeah, we got there at, like, you get there in the morning. <laughs> That's right. And then you leave in the afternoon. <laughs> That's right, because it films or records at, uh, what, 4.30 or 5 or something, right? Yeah, something like that. So you're there the whole day. You're sound checking at, what, like 9 in the morning or something? or something. Yeah. yeah. Does this ringing a bell? I'm not trying yeah. to tell you your business. I've done it. You've done this before. <laughs> and you were on, uh, weren't you on the Late Late Show with James Corden once? Yeah. Yeah, so you've done... And what, have you done Ellen or something? I bet Ellen would like you. I don't think she would. Really? Ellen DeGeneres, she likes things. 
She had park. She? she had parquet courts on, and then raved about the band after. And I was really? like, "Wow, parquet courts on Ellen! Wow, what's going on?" So uh, I, we did. Uh, uh, we did a morning show, CBS Morning. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was recent. Who who was the host of that? Do you remember the name? Nope. <laughs> did they? That interview? one was like <laughs> not the same. Like we didn't meet any. TV personality. It was just like oh. us and the crew. Oh, okay. So, like a session. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Any chat? Nope. Oh, so you just played. We played like okay. four songs or three songs or something. Do you? Three. You're from Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. So you're in California to do a talk show. You're from Saskatchewan. You know, on some level, there must be points in your life as you're on the road thinking, "Man, I'm from Saskatchewan." And I'm in California. And I don't know where I was going with that, except that <laughs> your trajectory is interesting. I mean, not a lot of people from anywhere, really, in Canada get to go on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. You reveling in this, or are you just like, whatever? Is it kind of a whatever? Like, it's another it's another thing? Or is it? does it feel like, holy Lord, we're on TV? Well, I mean, it's pretty cool. I feel like it's hard to put it into perspective. It's like something that I've always wanted to do, yeah. be like the musical guest on something. But then when it happens, you're just kind of like, all right. I, I'm i someone who I think I would have a slight bit of ADD. Uh, I don't ha- clinically have it, but I, I would think if I was playing, I'd play drums fun, uh, primarily. So I would just be like, I think I would, I I think of what it would be like to put myself in the zone of like, just play the song. Like, don't worry about anything else it's all very it's is it distracting to do that stuff yeah well it's like scary there's a bunch of cameras pointed at you yeah yeah the thing is with those it's like you know when you're a kid you dream of doing that but then when you actually do it you're like oh i hope we didn't suck (laughs) and that's like all you can think about i mean you're lucky that you've been at this a while because mm-hmm. sometimes I see someone who's like basically brand new. Yeah. And they're doing a TV show and they're doing like this Billy Eilish, like this, she's like 18 or something. And yeah. like all this stuff's happening to her. She seems to be handling it okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll kind of like whatever. Like I yeah. feel like you'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. I did it. It's, it's, it's done. But, yeah. but secretly you're freaking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just like it's around forever. Well, there's that part too, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's something with you. You you take a long time making records, don't you? Yeah. You overthink everything. Yeah. I mean, do you mind me saying that that you overthink? <laughs> no. It makes you sound smarter than you are. Yeah. I think twi- I think <laughs> way more than other people. It <laughs> makes you overthink. Oh my God! I was just thinking that guy's overthinking. Yeah. He must be smart. No. So that I see your point because uh, you're a. Do you fuss over like uh, we're on your bus? You're playing shows. Have you learned to let go of a performance if it's not going well or whatever? Like, do you let go or do you ruminate? Um, Like, for a live show, I'm like, whatever. Okay. Um, We just did KEXP. Yeah. Excellent station, yeah. it was, like, really early in the morning, and I think I sang really badly, and that's... Do you know this for a fact? Yeah. <laughs> did you hear it back? Has it been posted? Uh, not yet. I think it's like tomorrow or oh, okay. two days. You'll see. Okay, You'll be like, people. wow, you really blew it. This is in Seattle. Yeah. And they do a, a radio, uh, it's like a live radio broadcast, but they film it. Yeah. And it's very popular on, on the internet, so on YouTube. So we're all going to see you kind of biff it. Yeah. 
And so do you, so why do you put yourself in these positions, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> you said, I've always wanted to be the musical guest on something. You're fulfilling yeah. that wish fulfillment, I guess. I'm just, but just you're trying, also, to, you're, you know, you're, trying to stick around. But you're a stick, it's interesting you use the word stick, because I was going to say you're a stickler. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> you want to, yes, you need to do these things, and they get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Does that teach you about the songs? Because I feel like I've had these conversations with people lately. The record you make, for some artists, that's just the day. The song changes over time, over performances. It can be a different thing. But some fans are like, oh, Andy didn't play the song like it is on the record. It's not, mm -hmm. the, it's not, it wasn't as good because they think the record is the definitive statement. Yeah. Are you someone who likes records in that regard, makes records in that regard? This is the statement. This is the way the song is supposed to be. I, yeah. And I mean, well, that's why I do everything myself, probably, yes. too. Because total control. Is that it? Just need total control. Where does that come from? From Why? Why do you have that? I don't actually know if that's real. I'm sure I could make records. I have made <laughs> records with other people. But I don't know. For my songs, I've always done it that way. So it's like in high school, I didn't really have friends who played instruments. So I just... I did it. You had to do it yourself, and so you yeah. become self-reliant. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just wonder. I mean, that's that's a weird thing. So you meet, like, you asked me who my late-night people were. Are you a late-night? You're a comedy fan, right? I like, yeah, you I like, like to laugh. You like laughing. Jokes. Love them. <laughs> so do you have late-night comedy people that, that you liked or grew up with watching? Uh, Well, I definitely watched Conan. I think Jimmy Fallon is really funny. You do, do you? A lot of people <laughs> don't share that opinion. Mm -hmm. Have you discovered this by bringing him up to people? Yeah, I don't like to bring him up, but <laughs> I don't. I don't know. He's funny. Hmm. You don't think he's funny? I'm not a fan of the Fallon. I think uh, he represents kind of the, a watered down version, the game shows and the gimmicks, and the, I think he's an excellent impersonator, like his Bob yeah. Dylan and his Neil Young. I I watched the first uh, what was it? Whip my hair. The Neil Young sort yeah. of parody. He did a parody. Very that's good. Yeah, I can't argue. And he uh, he and his team when they did a kind of Rolling Thunder review era Bob Dylan parody, it was spot on. Clearly yeah. done their research. He knew every he knew the different modes of Dylan. I should like the guy. Yeah, we have a lot of the same cultural touchstones, but I just don't. It doesn't seem. I don't think I like the guys who are a little bitter and a little dangerous. Like they mm -hmm. might make the guest a little uncomfortable. Did you know how I make you uncomfortable? That's do you what th you think you do that. Do I? No. No. Okay. Good. Well, I I sometimes think I I don't. I I don't mean to do it, but I think if I do, it's coming from the kind of Letterman, not yeah. Conan as much, but Conan will look for the joke. He's very sharp and he's very fast, and sometimes it's at the. Uh, you know, he's sometimes he's making fun of the guests just a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes he's not. So I kind of gravitate towards the, I don't want to say more mean spirited. That's not right. But, but just, no, it's true. I mean, that has to be in there. That's why Letterman was so good. He was. It's like, And that's why I can't watch the Corden show. Right. Because he's, it's just it's a, like I, yeah. the nice, it's a nice fest. Right. It's too nice. Yeah. And so I like my late night comedy a little edgier. And uh, I like the bits to be edgy, and yeah, I don't think the Fallon bits are. He, he's he is. 
I think I don't know. I mean, you can't just can't just be the same thing though. No. So no. That's why it's cool that he's come up with all these he has interesting come up, games. Well, he's trying to. He's they clearly someone's like we got to get on the internet. Yeah. We need viral viral virility. I don't know what the word is. We need to be virility. Vi- virility. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We need to be viral all the time. So they have these little segmented bits and it's, I just find that stuff a bit transparent. That's all. Yeah. Anyway, all this to say, did you meet Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> yeah. Just briefly? Yeah. Cause they, Kimmel's different because they, they have the studio room and then they have this room that looks like a bar mm. with a stage and they like heard the whole audience across into the other room. And so you're waiting in another room and they got the band to like they're like all right band go to stage andy stay here and jimmy kimmel came in andy stay here you had to stay the i band had to had stay to go. Oh. yeah and jimmy comes in and my manager and his his son were, were there and his son was like wearing a little suit he's wearing a suit yeah. i guess you saw the picture i saw a photo on one of the platforms yeah and jimmy's like you know, he's like looking around at everyone like, hello, hello. And he looks at Emmett and he's like, is there a spelling bee? And everyone laughs. <laughs> and he like kind of walks over to me and he's like, how's it going? And I was like, nice to meet you. You were nervous? I wasn't, but I just, that's what I said in response to how's you, it in going. Your, in your impression of yourself, you sounded like Gomer Pyle. That's, you sounded very nervous. Yeah. Huh. I'm okay. I said a little. Nice Were to you meet more, you. Nice to meet. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to get accuracy here. Were you? Because the thing. About, I mean, I was obviously nervous because it's like TV guy right in front of there's you. There's something like, about people who are on film and TV. Anytime I've been on film or TV, which is sparingly, I get recognized, and then people talk about that more than like all the other hard work I do. Yeah. That time you did that thing on the TV. I'm like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've done a billion other things. Like, I don't know why I'm resentful, but I, I'm i like, that no, little true. two minutes like of me being on TV, you were like... It's, yeah, it's funny. I mean... Something about the sound and vision, the sensory overload of it. The amount of, like, relatives and stuff who've... Where they're like, oh, we're so so proud you're on TV. It's yeah. like, I've been doing this for, like, 15 years. Exactly. <laughs> and you didn't... Yeah. That, that, you don't that, care. That seemed to uh, legitimize it for your relatives. Yeah. Like, oh, it must be... It's not just Andy being a control freak and and making mm-hmm. music by himself like some loner. Yeah, he actually resonates enough that he's on TV. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's all well and good. I um I want to tell you that I uh, once uh, recorded an episode of of this Creative Control podcast at the Skyline Restaurant. Oh yeah. In Toronto. Yeah. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Now it was with John Southworth. Is it fair to say that that restaurant plays a role in your new album? <laughs> yeah what's, sort of. what's the new album called <laughs> yeah i was really creative with the title though hey well it's, it is a little it's called is what is it actually called it's called the skyline it's just called the skyline yeah you named it after the restaurant yeah and it has a neon sign so i called it the neon skyline that's that's what i wanted to ask you you that, called it the neon skyline yeah that's why i asked you okay pretty I, good eh? in my head <laughs> It has a very distinctive sign, that restaurant. Yeah. And so in my head, I'm like, why didn't you just call it the Skyline? Why do you call it the Neon Skyline? But you like the, the, you just wanted to, why? Why? Just for Google reasons? You didn't want people to be Googling you for reservations to your restaurant that you don't own? I 
don't know why I did that. Well, I mean, it came out of the first song on the record, which, I don't know, I just, that was what I, that was the line, the Neon Skyline. Okay. Actually, it's not. Come to the skyline, I'll be lost. Yeah, you don't say Neon Skyline. To the Neon Skyline. Come to the skyline, I'll be, whatever, washing, drowning my sorrows away, whatever the line is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Why did you call it the Neon? Now, I, I've thrown you off. I've thrown off the Oh, uh, it is. No, no. <laughs> do, uh, you, do you say it? Chewed my way down the street to the, ne- to the Neon Skyline. Shouldn't you know the words of this song? I, You're going to perform it in like 45 minutes on the stage here at Edmonton. I, no, it's just autopilot. Yeah, it's autopilot. Yeah. Muscle memory. Like if thing. I think about it, I'm gonna mess up. Okay, the yeah, entire okay. Thing. let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah. All I was gonna say is, first of all, I want to get th- I want to get through some things that have been on my mind about your record, which is just gorgeous. I love this album. Thanks. I know that that's a thing that people in my position should be, you know, conditioned to say when they're across the yeah. table from someone like you, and you're holding one of my microphones. But it's actually true. Cool. It's really wonderful. Are you feeling good about it? Yeah, we've been playing it like front to back um, in, in order these, in these shows. And now that we've been doing that, I feel like I, I would have cut, cut one. You would have cut a song? Yeah. Which one? Dust Kids. Dust Kids. Which I really like that song and I like the idea of it. But by the time we get to that song in the set, I'm like, oh, man. Well, um, hmm. It's just because it feels like it's... I don't know. It's hard to play. Oh, okay. Yeah. That could be it. Okay. Let's get to that in a moment. Um, first of all, why did you want to center a record in so that most of the, a lot of the action is taking place at this restaurant that's really cool? I had a tuna melt there. It's good. Yeah. And it's really good. It's really, first of all, yeah, actually, for those who've never been there, I mean, I'll tell people it's on Queen West, right? It's sort of near, is it in Parkdale? It's in Parkdale. It's in Parkdale. What's this place like? What's the skyline like if you could sort of um, talk about it? Because the, on the record, you're mostly talking about interactions you've had with Rose and Charlie and Claire and Judy and I'm probably forgetting somebody. But anyway, you're talking about all these people and you're in the skyline, but you don't really talk about the skyline so much, do you? Yeah. I so wh- what is that place? Why is it significant to you? Why is it significant? I moved to Toronto like four years ago i guess and they it changed owners oh like pretty much the same time that i moved there oh and i went there maybe for breakfast or something because it's a diner mm-hmm. like you've, you've been there i've been there more than once actually but yeah. i was so just for record keeping i met john southworth songwriter from toronto asked that i meet him there yeah and so we met around dinner time and uh I didn't remember it looking like that the previous time I'd been there. It has kind of a uh, David Lynchian yeah. sort of like velvety... I'm trying to describe it. It, it has like a, a vibe. Lot of wood. A lot of wood, velvet paintings. Leather, leather booths. Yeah. There's like those pictures of the birds in the back. Birds, that's correct. So that... Lots yeah, of birds. They look a little velvety. It's something a little off kilter about it and it was dimly lit and um yeah i ordered a tuna melt and i forget what he they knew him i'm sure yeah. like, like rose is rose real by the way 
Not really. It's kind of composite. Kind of, yeah. So there's a in the I'm, for those who don't know, Rose is a, a character in the in this in the on the album who seems to be working at the starlight. Up the skyline. Sky. I don't know why I said starlight. I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's cause cause we're, that's we're where across we are. the street from the starlight <laughs> venue here in Edmonton. Right. So this guy, she, anyway, my point is, yeah, it has this like timeless, but of a time kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. And you frequent this place quite a bit? Yes. It's also like my studio is around the corner okay. from it. Okay. So. When I was working on the album, I would go there often, mm-hmm. be like one forty-five, and I would walk over for a last call. In the morning? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, like, when I was working on the album, I, like, completely went vampire. As you would. As it's, yeah, it's bad, actually. Wait, does anyone, because uh, you have a band here with you tonight. Yeah. Does anyone uh, else play on your records or is it just you on this one it's just me so on the party the drums yeah everything okay on the party colin my keys player he did like the strings right yeah okay so you are full-on vampire you are yeah you know psychotic loner making a record yeah like showing walking, up at 145 and walking the home at like 9 a.m when everyone's going to work uh-huh. i'm like Altered. <laughs> yes, you're altered. You are sleep deprived. You've taken yeah. a, a year or two off your life. Yeah. Every session day. Uh, I mean, I got, you know, I would sleep a lot. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Got it back. But like, you know, not seeing the sun for a while in the winter, that's not a great thing. Well, I would think not seeing the sun and then walking into the skyline, which as I already described, it's fair to describe it as a fairly dark place, right? Yeah. It gets dark. Yeah. And you, if you were in there for enough hours, you wouldn't know what time of day it is. Yeah. You just get lost in the reddy, reddish sort of fog of it, right? Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm sort of mentally trying to put myself in the skyline as we're speaking. It's not that much unlike your bus right now. Yeah. Where the bus has, where you're sitting in like a leather booth, leather seated booth. Beautiful. What is that? Bird's eye something yeah bird's eye mahogany some kind of mahogany has kind of a reddish hue i think from i have color issues by the way my uh, favorite thing is the mirrors on the ceiling yeah this is it's i don't it's um because it's it's to create the illusion of space yes that's what mirrors do it's weird i like just learned that the other day that's why they have them in elevators well they have them in elevators too uh because they found via studies well, A, yes, it makes the elevator seem bigger than it is, and it's a cramped space. And B, people psychologically uh, are at ease when they're looking at themselves. Yeah. They can see themselves, so they feel like they exist. So if the elevator gets trapped and they want to panic, they're like, oh, no, there I am. I'm okay. I'm yeah. th- Look at me. Weird. I need a haircut. That's what they say. Yeah. Anyway, it's a weird thing. So my point here, and we've gone on a couple of tangents, <laughs> you, uh, you wanted to pay tribute. No. I'm getting the sense that it wasn't even necessarily that you did. You like the skyline. Yeah. You like it. But this was sort of real. The stuff going on on the record is sort of based on stuff that you were going through. I mean, it was pretty much, yeah. Like when I moved to Toronto, the skyline, I didn't really have, I didn't know that many people there. So the people that I met were like drinking buddies. Okay. Oh, so you would go there. So I would go there. Or like... I don't know, there's like three bars that I go to. Right. But the Skyline, 
Yeah, like I met all the staff and stuff, and like everyone's super friendly. It's yeah. kind of like a family there. Like uh, the guy Maggie who owns it, her partner Jack, he built this big door for my studio. Oh, like yeah, because you were a patron. Do you get? Oh, well, we just became friends. Right. Yeah. And he knows how to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he's a carpenter, so we spent a few days building a door together. And Nice. But yeah, I mean, I just started writing about that because it was like, that was my life. Okay. Okay, so it made sense for it to be there to be a setting. This is a conceptual album, yeah. right? Oh, the songs are all interconnected. They are almost like scenes in a grand story. Is that right? Sure. Is that true of the party? Yeah. Same. And Same. Yeah. Party bar. Right. I'm really stretching my legs here. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is different. Yeah. This feels a bit different. Well, this one, the party was like, just kind of like little snippets, little pictures of what was, what happens at a party. Yeah. This one, I was, it's like, there's a narrative. There's like a start and an end. But in terms of the song sequences, I feel like time kind of, we kind of jump around, right? Yeah, there's like dream sequency kind of right. songs. Okay, so we've established the setting as a skyline. I, I understand why. Uh, before we get into the narrative, um, can we talk a little bit about some of the people I mentioned earlier? Yeah. I think the first person we meet, uh, besides the, the protagonist, is it fair to say that's you? Should we say uh, that's you? It's not really it's not you. Me. It's not you. We meet the narrator yeah. first, and then we meet Rose, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Charlie. Yeah, I think Rose. it's Rose makes a drink for you. Who uh, Who is Rose? Rose works at the Skyline. Rose, <laughs> this is tricky because, like, part of it, she's definitely based off of one of the bartenders at the Skyline. Currently. Yeah. But I also, early on when Rose was just a character and I hadn't really based it on anybody, there was like an alternate ending where the, pro, the guy hooks up with Rose. Oh. So I don't really want to say that that's her because that's really weird. So you're you're working on your songs and all of a sudden uh, you've written a, an episode of the show Cheers? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't want Rose and the protagonist to, to hook up and then have some kind of weird relationship. Yeah. Okay. But so, wait, because is that based on something that really happened? No. Okay. So, okay. Maybe I'm doing this backwards. <laughs> I'm kind of doing this backwards. Why did you decide to create a narrative through line between the songs on this record? Why Why is that interesting to you generally? You, you We mentioned the party. Um, why do you, is this a way to organize yourself is this a way for to take people on a little journey? What is it? I don't really know. I mean, I. it's more interesting to me to... It's harder. And I it's wanna, actually I harder. Challenge. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I don't think it's that hard to write 12 songs that you like. Hmm. I think it's harder to like make a story out of all of them. Who harder for me anyways for you so what or whom has influenced you to take narratives on and i don't mean just musically um 
Do you have favorite storytellers? Do you have favorite, you know, favorite stories even? Like, uh, I assume, yeah. I assume it's not all music that have, that inspires you as a writer. I was, I was texting with my friend. Uh, I'm not dropping names here. I was texting with my friend Jim Guthrie today. Oh, yeah. About you. And I was just saying what a high level storytelling songwriter you are. Nice. Do you know Jim? Do you know of Jim? I have met him a few times, yeah. Do you know his music? Um, no. Okay. Jim has been told more than a few times, this Andy Schaff character, it sounds a little bit like you, a little bit at least, right. and with the sort of mini pop rock or orchestration type things, you know, you many layers and, and kind of a whimsical, sentimental, but sort of clever Jim has Jim's been doing that for for many years. Right. And anyway, we were just I was just made the point of saying like I can't think of too many like this record to me is quite brilliant in that in the storytelling zone. I there's so many jokes. You've written a protagonist that's loosely based on you that comes across as a bit of an oaf. Yeah. And, and seems to know it, you know? Like yeah. I like the kind of self-aware self-effacement. I'm kind of an idiot this kid, you know, I'm everyone's making fun of me and I it makes me laugh every time because I think I, I think of you yeah i don't think you're an oaf or an idiot by the <laughs> way i think you're you're quite clever but my point here is you say it's hard uh it's harder for you it's a challenge for you and i can appreciate why you'd want to do this but who's influencing this were you a um, big were you, are you a big fan of of sort of these kinds of things stories and well i mean i don't know there was a point where i was writing songs and it was kind of like I don't know. I started like questioning why I was doing it. Like it was just a bunch of love songs and like inward looking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I read something or heard something where it was like someone was describing songs and saying that they should be, you should be able to treat them like short stories. And yeah, and then I started listening a little closer to like Randy Newman's lyrics, and it was like, oh wow, he's these are stories, and yeah, so I just tried to do that. You met Randy Newman? Yeah. When did you meet him? I don't know, four, three, four years ago. One time you met him. One time. One time. What was that interaction like? Uh, I was just starstruck and. Didn't ask any of the questions that I wanted to ask him. If, if if I was Randy Newman, what would you ask me? What would you want to ask Randy Newman? I wanted to ask him, I think it's the album Good Old Boys, when uh, RDO was a thing. Yeah. Oh, there was the, like the a streaming service? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like a deluxe version of that album on there, and it was like, he was planning to make that a concept record. Right. And like have, he was going to have like little set up the scene for the next song. Things happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that, that the deluxe version was like a song would play like demos and then he would speak in between like, and then this is going to happen and the phone's going to ring. <laughs> I like that you you're know, almost doing an impression. That's I, great. I almost you, you're a little shy to do it. I can tell out of reverence, but I think you <laughs> wanted to do it. And I like that you fought the impulse. To, what if Randy hears this? I'll be screwed. No, no. That's, well, yeah, I wanted to ask him about that. Cause... Did you ask him anything? No. You just said, hey? Hey. Just like you're doing I mean, it. we sat 
we sat for a while, like in his studio and what chatted. Was what this, that sounds amazing. What was the context of meeting him? My manager loves to set up meetings with people who are my heroes. Have you met others? Uh, like I met Jeff Tweedy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean. <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't mean. To, Jeff's Jeff's an accessible hero <laughs> on some level for some of us. I mean, yeah. he's made himself rather accessible in some ways Mm -hmm. and uh yeah but yeah i mean i don't particularly like doing that like when john my manager yeah john my friend my friend and yours john he's like yeah we're gonna meet randy it's like okay that's awesome but one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like, fuck, I'm, I don't know what to say to him. Sure. Um, and I didn't. So... Don't you, don't you think, okay, now you're on the other side of this a little bit. No, I'm not even going to say a little bit. There are people outside of this bus where if they saw you walking down the street, they're, they're so show, your show is sold out here tonight, I believe, right? Yeah. You're, you're their new Randy Newman for some of these people. Oh my God. And this must have, <laughs> this must happen to you sometimes where people are like, Oh my God, Andy, I'm a, such a big fan. What is, what is the interaction like? Do you, have you had these moments with people? Yeah. And so, shoes on the other foot how do you handle it what do you feel the best when someone just is like hey how's it going yeah or do you feel like which is probably all that you could have done with randy and all you should have done yeah i mean i think i you know i think i handled it well but because do you get the flip side do you get the people who are the super music nerds who want to ask you about your music and the intricacy of something and you're like yeah yeah i'll explain that to you i guess a lot of the time people People who are like like that, they know more about music than I do. Right. So they're like, like oh, you know that minor fifth the thing. Uh huh. It's like I've you don't know. Yeah, I just have to nod. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you're just uh, yeah. Okay. So I mean, all I'm saying is, in your position, you seem to what you're saying is the people you have the easiest conversations with are the ones making normal conversation. Yeah, totally. Cause I always think like if I ran into Bob Dylan, I probably wouldn't fan out on something he did in 1968 Yeah, or 75 or how ha- I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? What's going on? When people do that, it sucks to you. Yeah, I know. And so you were probably like, I don't know what I'm going to say to Randy Newman, but in retrospect, you probably know now from this experience of talking to other people like, oh, yeah, I'll just say, hey, how's it going? What's going on? What are you up to? I guess you're right. That's probably what you should have done. Instead, it sounds like you both just sat in a room, stared away <laughs> from each other into the middle distance and didn't interact. He, I don't really know what all went down. I was silent for a lot of it. But we also have a mutual friend. So I brought that up and he was like, oh, yeah. That's good. Tell him I. 
No, so, right. Yeah. Right. It was like normal. Okay. You know? All right. Well, okay. So Randy Newman is a, a narrative songwriter. What about like um, in the literary realm? Like, are you, do you read short stories or yeah. do you have favorite writers? Yeah. Like Raymond Carver. Uh-huh. I've, I think I've read all of his stories. What is it about Raymond Carver's stuff that uh, appeals to you? It's just so simple and subtle. Like, yeah. Okay. And significant. Like, his stories are usually really normal things happening. To It's usually a lot of drinking. Right. And, yeah, really significant things happen without anything happening. This sounds a lot like the Neon Skyline. <laughs> I'm not saying you're putting yourself in the same category. No. Drinking, Drinking. things happening, things not really happening. Yeah. You know, things that you think are significant or interesting, but, you know, this Judy character really, you know, throwing the protagonist for a real loop and making them think, was that something? Was that nothing? What was that? Yeah. Some of that's going on here, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, that's what I've... Yeah. That's what I want to write like. Have you thought about... I'm sure you've been... How many... You've done like a thousand interviews for this album already. Yeah. Is this feeling stale? The interviews? No, like the one I'm doing with this you. This one is not. It feels okay? Yeah. Because you I was... haven't... I mean, interviews just end up being the same questions over and over, right. and, over and this is not that. So. Okay. So one, well, I was going to stray into that territory. Surely by now someone has said, hey, uh, Andy, you like narrative storytelling in your songs. Have you thought about other mediums, other uh, realms to explore this with? Are you in the yeah. zone of maybe I'll write, uh, maybe, like, I, I, th- I'm not a film expert. I'm not a story script expert. But when I, the way you've put these songs together with a dialogue there's a real I picture everything that's happening in all the songs mm-hmm. in my head yeah and uh, where else am I going to picture them in my kneecaps why did I say in my head so I picture everything and it's so vivid and I'm, I, the characters have faces in, for me now as I'm listening to your record have you thought of this like maybe I could not maybe even for this like is there I know it's young mm-hmm. but is there a, a, a theatrical production that could be in place is there a, a, sh- a short film here do you know what i mean yeah i mean i would like to write something short story or screenplay netflix series netflix series but i have have a really hard time writing without music like when you have to actually make sentences but what i'm suggesting to you and forgive me if this seems insane. I'm not going to make this into a thing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, yes, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting you make the neon skyline into a, an adaptation of some kind. Right. However, if you were to go down this road, where you t- applied kind of the same techniques that you employed here, and then just stop short of, you know, making it a real maybe. You know, maybe this is a jumping off point to another realm. Maybe this is a. Yeah. A, a little um, series, a limited series or something. These yeah. are like these songs are all episodes. Yeah. Don't you think? In the conventional sense of like a network yeah. series or something or a web thing or whatever you want to call it these days, they all are little episodes. You could have a music video for every one of these songs that sort of plays out the action 
which sounds a little corny now that I said it in my out of my mouth, but <laughs> but like you could. Like I'm telling yeah. you, it's so vivid. So all I'm saying is you seem to have and I'm not trying to plan ideas in your head. Sky's the limit for you, Andy Shop. I feel like you could get into this if you really wanted to. You could make a little film, you could do whatever you want. Have you you've, you said you've thought about it but not seriously because of the music want, thing. Me and my friend are we've been planning to write a screen screenplay uh-huh. together for uh-huh. like years but we just can't find the right idea. But you and or start. Right. <laughs> I feel like three, th- when did you start writing this record? Uh 2 years ago, two and a half. Is that when I saw you in Ottawa? We hung out in Ottawa after you played the Megaphono thing. Megaphono couple years ago oh yeah no i started before that oh okay i feel like i talked to you a couple times since the party and i would say as anyone probably is like hey what's going on with the are you making a new thing and you were like anna you kind of seemed very defeated about it well yeah this this record was really difficult more so than the last yes well the party i wrote like maybe 15 songs oh yeah you wrote like 50 songs this this one one was like five zero yeah Whoa. And like, I just couldn't figure out what to do with the story. The, the, the ones you abandoned, are they, they're narratively connected? Yeah. Same characters and different episodes. Yeah. Andy, it's, it's right there. You've got 50 episodes of a TV show or something. 50 some scenes. Them, some of them are conflicting. Great. Conflicting information. Like a Tarantino movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. That's to me, you say you can't do stuff. Every time you've told me, I don't know what I'm doing, I can't do it, I think, God damn it, if anyone can do it, it's you. You've made 50 of these. You put out what, 12? 11. 11? Uh, yeah, 11. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Oh, but you also made a single. There's other songs. There's two other songs at least, right? That yeah. And a single? Yeah. So there's 13 songs. Is that out? The single? I think so. I have John, your manager, sent it to me on a on the internet. Seven inch. He sent me a digital uh, version. I yeah. would, is it in the album or something? I haven't picked up the album yet. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know where the seven inch lives. But my point is, so what are you going to do with that? You rejected it for Nothing. something. It's just it's going to be in the RDO deluxe edition version of this yeah. album someday. Yeah, totally. When RDO comes back, you've moved on from it. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm just trying to get at this a little bit and get at you. I asked you to talk about Rose. Is it worthwhile? Can we talk about the other characters in this thing a little bit? Uh, yeah, sure. I know you've got to get going here. We've got a show to play. I, we, I'm on the, I'm on stage now. You're playing. I don't know what happened. You know, I don't really know anyone here. I was hoping you could introduce me to people on stage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so we've got uh, Charlie. Charlie yeah. is a character. Real? Um, Charlie's based on, yeah, like all my drinking buddies, I guess. Charlie like actually sound your friend? Guy. Charlie's actually... Oh, Nate, I know your sound guy. It's based a little on... There were episodes... Episodes. There were songs, deleted songs, that one of them was like about a tattoo that Nace has. Oh, yeah. Nace. Justin Nace is yeah. your sound guy. My friend, your friend. Yeah. 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 Other Charlie moments are based on my friend Almog. Oh, Almog. I know Almog. Yeah. Yeah. From Toronto. Yeah. Still playing music? Does he still um, play music? He used to be in Great Lakes. I lent him a, I lent him an organ a little while back. So must be doing something. 
Hopefully he's playing the there's organ. Only, there's got to be. What are the odds there's more than one Almog in Toronto? Yeah, there's he, not. He's the only Almog yeah. in our life. Yeah. So Almog, okay. So Almog's more of a quiet fellow, isn't he? Not. When he's drinking? Not Well, I mean, he doesn't get, like, louder, but I don't know. I think of him we as... We talk about really weird stuff. Yeah, he seems odd. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Charlie is your... Sometimes I'll tell you my narrative interpretation... I can't tell if Charlie is your friend or not. Really? There's times where I think the relationship between Charlie and Judy, who we haven't gotten to yet, eh, there's something going on there. <laughs> I've read some stuff into what's going on. So, okay. What, well, let's, the hug? Something's up. Yeah. So Charlie is your drinking buddy and you hang out with Charlie all the time. And then there's Claire? Claire, yeah. Who's Claire? Claire is just like, I mean, when you're a regular at a bar, there's a bunch of people that you know but you don't know them sure so she's one of those she's there and you know her from being there but that's it yeah and does she have a relationship with charlie in a different way than she has with the protagonist no okay so claire is just like well she i think she knows charlie a little bit but you if you were to leave the bar and go for a walk you'd all go together yeah okay so we've got rose charlie claire judy is yeah. that it pretty much yeah and well there's actually other strangers who interfere in your lives crash into you and whatnot but we can leave them alone for now yeah judy is the central figure here on mm -hmm. some level for the protagonist who who is judy who is judy judy is like all of my ex-girlfriends combined okay into one into one ex-girlfriend so all of the judy is very funny yeah judy uh don't take no shit yeah. Uh, Judy has uh, some belligerence and contempt for the protagonist. Mm -hmm. What else is going on with Judy? I mean, I don't think that she, like, hates the protagonist. No, but she sees his foibles as being maybe more amplified than they should be. Yeah. Didn't leave a tip for the cabbie. Oh, you, you know, just well, losing it on him. They were, you know, they were coming back from a pretty long flight. They were 13 hours. They were pretty grumpy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is this based on something? No. Nope. This is just a fiction. Yeah. Okay. So the thing we're tangle entangled here with is this is semi-autobiographical. Judy's a composite of all your actual ex-girlfriends. Yeah, I would say so. You, Andy. But most of the anecdotal incidents fabricated. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, none of that. None of it actually happened. The only thing that probably happened was, like, me and Almog talking about reincarnation. Right, and Dust Kids. Yeah. Right, which you want to take out of the set. Yeah. <laughs> F you, Almog. Out of my life. <laughs> I don't want you part of the show. Okay, so you have created all these characters out of, out of real people, but they're composites or what have you. How much of the narrator slash main primary protagonist is actually you? I well, I mean, when you're when I'm writing characters, you kind of have to put yourself in that scenario. So, a lot of like his dumb decisions are like those are the dumb decisions that I I make. Are you? There's probably a lot of me in in that. Are you a notoriously bad tipper? I'm a great tipper. Doesn't sound like it from the song. 
Uh, that happened to me once, though, in New York, and I thought I left a pretty good tip, and this girl was like, what? And, like, walked back and gave a better tip. I wonder if another way... Which was insulting. Right. Because I left, like, a decent tip. I do that to my dad all the time. Yeah. I hate when my dad's like, I'm covering the time... Because 10%? Oh, not even. He's like, (laughs) why do we tip? I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not how it works. They were nice. It was great. We had kids. Yeah. What are you doing? I think another way of asking you about um, kind of the characterizations in the music in terms of how it relates to real life is, do you... You're kind of famous now. Sorry, does that sound... Was that disparaging? You are famous now. I said kind I'm of. Not I, famous. Qu- I qualified it. Hey, we're on a tour bus in front of your sold out show. You're famous. You see that Ziploc bag? That's for catching water. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the slickest tour bus. Yeah. Do you see yourself as a character in any way? As Andy Schaff? You seem to me like a funny guy character. Yeah. Oh, Andy, he's a real character. He's I bet someone character. has said that. Do you see yourself almost ex- like objectively as kind of a weirdo a weird character some kind of again these words are not meant to mean <laughs> but do you see yourself as a kind of outside of yourself uh, floating through life not tipping well <laughs> yeah sorry i'm I really don't. fixated on that I anecdote i just think if you're going to manifest yourself in some way in your own songs or your own stories there's got to be a little of that little bit of objectivity because you've made the character a little foolish yeah is that right? I mean, I don't think I'm the smartest person. <laughs> I watch myself do really dumb shit all you the time. Want, that's the you do, don't you? You, yeah. uh, my sense of you, the narrative around the album is that this is you know the semi autobiographical thing. So I, I when I listen to you singing in the first person, I realize it's uh, it's a fiction. Like you've conjured a version of yourself. But like, so my favorite show of all time is the Larry Sanders show. You ever yeah, seen yeah. that show? Yeah. It's like my absolute favorite. Nothing is better to me. I've watched it, watched the whole series once or twice a year. I just can't get enough of it. And Gary Shandling played Larry Sanders, who was this horrible version of a talk show host. But there's some reality there yeah. in terms of what we came to know of Gary Shandling. And even though Larry Sanders was sometimes irredeemable, he always was a bit redeemable. Yeah. Because... Larry was trying to learn about himself and figure out kind of the moral center of this character. Do you do any of that? Are you learning about yourself? Is this a way of talking about yourself in a kind of a, I don't know, like a self healing way or something? I'm I'm using the wrong term, but. Um, I don't know. Is this too deep? No. Is it not deep enough? Are you saying (laughs) I'm not asking? Is this a shallow question? No, I mean, yeah, I think it's I think that's fair to say that. There's a lot of a lot of the stuff that I wrote for this album was kind of like processing breakups. Oh, other people. Me. Well, yes, you're part My, of the breakups. Yeah. Processing, I don't know, the dumb the things that I did wrong always. So you're hard on yourself a little bit. I don't think so. Have you, if you could put a percentage on it, because you mentioned all of your ex-girlfriends, so I don't yeah. know how many that is. If you could put a percentage on it, how many times have you broken up with someone versus how many times have they broken up with you? Um, <laughs> I've done a lot of the breaking up. You have? Yeah. That doesn't, huh? Yeah. 
Because in the, I will say that the character in this, on this album, seems kind of passive. Yeah. At Judy, if if Judy is the specter, where yeah. are you, Judy? Where are you? Like just the pleading nature of some of these narratives makes it seem like you, or sorry, the protagonist has no power in the relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to stick to your I don't know answer, or is this getting to... No, I'm just trying to figure out how much to reveal here. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to... Uh, no, to, I to, mean... To pry. I based a lot of this album off of one particular relationship. Okay. Um. Yeah. Did you choose the name Judy just because it had a... It rolls off the tongue as a singer, as a as a songwriter. Yeah. Well, I because this album originally my plan for this album was to write about the skyline, and I got like halfway through. I'd written like probably thirty songs or so, and I was like, "This sucks," and I'm scrapping it. And then I I wrote this song about the lottery. Um, which is, it's a single, it's a B-side maybe, or the single. And that was, I just threw in a name. I think I actually threw in the name Jody. Oh. And then I changed it to Judy the next day. Judy's a really classic. Yeah. It's a musical name. I mean, but not because of Judy Garland. Yeah. It has like a musical quality to it. Yeah. It's nice to sing. Um, but then, yeah, so I was going to make an album about this person, Judy, and I decided to combine my two ideas. Okay. I appreciate this little peek into this record. I have to say, I I know we've only kind of scratched the surface and you've only revealed so much because you're a very private guy and you didn't like my question. So that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. I I just feel like I'm going to get in trouble here. From whom? From the real, uh, the real people? Yeah, like Almog. <laughs> oh, Almog is not going to talk to me ever again after this. Yeah. No, I'm not going to get into trouble, but I don't know. Yeah. We want to leave it at that? Uh, sure. I don't know who's going to give you trouble. That's the only <laughs> thing I'm wondering about. Do you mean do you mean the government? Here's the thing. Okay. I'll explain this. I sent this album to an ex-girlfriend and she was like she a few days later texted me and like we were becoming friends again i thought i think that she thought that we were like kind of getting back together maybe. oh that level yeah and i sent her this album and she was like this album is really fucking me up and i was like what why she's like because she thought it was about her which i based a lot of the judy character on her she's really funny a lot of yeah like the moon and or no try again like that song's like i based that character that part of judy on her yeah and i th- i told her that and then she kind of thought like the album was like me wanting to get back together it does it would lead someone to think that sure these are the things that i do that are fucking stupid did you think you I think psychologically you probably did that on purpose for some reason, and and, and this is not the forum for us to get into why. (laughs) However, I bet you $100 that you did that on purpose. Yeah. 
You have very, to, you, very possible. You care about this person. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard when you put. Uh, you sent it to her. Yeah, you know, man. You, that's she wrong. asked me for it right before it came out. Yeah, yeah. That's not right. Why? Why would she do that? Did she uh, know what it was about? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's Judy's an See, interesting, interesting yeah. character. You you are going to get in trouble. I yeah. Can I yep. ask you one quick thing before we wrap up here? Because someone's knocking at the door. There's a whole chaos on the bus right now. Singing. You're singing. It's always fascinating to me. I think we might have talked about this last time, but your uh, phrasing, your enunciation, the way you say things, it's very unique. Yeah. Where's that kind of coming from, so to speak? Do you have, like, singing heroes? Not really. It's, I don't know. I didn't really think that I did anything weird. Do you do? Have you heard you do stuff weird? I mean, yeah, people... People say it a lot? Or not a lot, but... Back in the day, I was going to... I was trying to sign to Saddle Creek... Oh, yeah, the label, yeah, yeah. And someone at the label didn't want to sign me because they said I sang like I had marbles in my mouth. Marbles in your mouth. Yeah. Do you feel like you have marbles in your mouth? I think I just move my mouth weird. Is that right? Yeah. It's it's a little bit when we're talking. Yeah. I can hear it a little bit. Like you have a, it's not an accent, but it's a particular region. There's a funny moment in one of the songs where you and Judy are exchanging kind of fake British accents and you say, the character says, you know, I'm from a different part of the country. Yeah. And I th- and that just stuck out to me as a little peek into maybe your self-consciousness about how you talk and sing. Uh, that was more every time I do an accent, someone makes fun of me. <laughs> but you already have like this little lilt in your voice. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. It's unique. So your singing is just, that's the way it comes out. That's just what happens. Is it, is it any, uh, but you sometimes, is your, sometimes I think you're phrasing, you have a, a delivery. Yeah. I you're funny, Andy. I feel like sometimes your comedic stuff comes through in your delivery of of lyrics. Is that fair? Why, thank you. Is that is that fair to say? That I'm funny? Well, no. That, 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 that I think you sometimes deliver the lo- the lines in a particular like comedic delivery kind of way. Like you've thought about how you're going to say it to have yeah. kind of a comedic effect. Yeah, for sure. Okay. There's a lot of comedy on the record. Yeah. That was what, that was like the one thing that I wanted to do with it. Right. Was include humor. Right. Okay. Because the party was, it just felt so serious. <laughs> There's some very funny lines on that album too. Anyway, you're a funny guy. I appreciate you. I hope that that resonates with you on some level. Uh, what's sort of next for you? Are you already thinking of another another record? For you or for Fox Warren or anything? Uh, we started working on a new Fox Warren which will take forever for us to finish. Based on the precedent? Based on we, yeah, take forever to f- to finish things. Do you still spend time in Saskatchewan? Not really. No, yeah. No. Because yeah. I assume you're booked for the rest of the year. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You and this bus just roaming the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's started. What about you? I've, yeah, I've started working on something. Yeah? conceptually yeah i'm not sure what what it is yet but it's gonna be a little bit dancier oh have you already laid things down some yeah Oh, okay it's not just an idea in your head you actually yeah i've been dancier i want to make a disco record which will probably not turn out to be a disco record at all why do you want to make a disco record 
Because I love ABBA. Oh. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> like, every time I listen to ABBA Gold a lot yeah. when I'm touring, and every time I listen to it, I'm like, I want to make songs like this, like Dancing Queen. I had Sarah Harmer on the show the other day. Uh, well, I mean, we talked a couple months ago now, but she I posted that episode recently, and... uh yeah, there's a whole thing where she's like, yeah, I kind of just, you know, she's known for making a kind of folk inspired rock music. Does this sound familiar to you? And she was with some high school kids that some, I think she said she was with some kids for, I assume it was for some, you know, environmental event. Yeah. Um, and she was, a dance song came on and they all just lost their minds. Yeah. And she's like, that's what I want. I want a song that inspires people to lose their minds and just dance. Yeah, totally. I don't have that. Like I didn't, and so she tried to write at least one or two of those. You're the same. Yeah, I really want. It would be so cool to play music where people danced. What do the uh, white people at your show generally do? I presume they're mostly cross, white. Cross their arms. Yeah. Stare or talk. They talk. I bet you tonight it's gonna be. Last time Fox Warren played here, it was nonstop chatting. Really? Drove me insane. It's a big city. Big big city people just like to talk. Yeah. I won't talk. I know I'm spent now. We talked for so long. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, if we can go out on a song uh, from the Neon Skyline, can you choose one for us? It must be hard because they're so interconnected. <laughs> uh Should we just play the whole play album? Play 13 Hours. <laughs> 13 that Hours? Like, that one's like a little... It's kind of disconnected. This is a very harrowing song. It's an adventure. It is a it's a mess. It's a bit of a mess. It's song. like all my relationships. Really, it's a lot of tension. A lot in of this. a lot of fighting. This is a this is another song where I'm like I picture it all happening. Yeah. So do you want to say anything else more about it, or should we just play it? No, play it. Play it now. Yeah. You want to get out of the bus, don't you? All right. Fine. I'm freezing. It is cold. My feet are frozen. My, Stupid bus. My hand, like, I can't hold the mic I hate anymore. this bus. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like this bus at all. People think it would be the lap of luxury. I don't like it at all. No. This is 13 Hours by Andy Shaw from the Neon Skyline. Uh, oh, shoot. Where do people go to follow you on the things? I usually ask people that. I didn't even say that. Where? Um, do, uh, I don't know. Do you use those things? I check Instagram a lot. Okay. Instagram? Yeah. Just Andy Shaw? Yeah. Okay. That's it? Twitter? I don't... Like, I guess I have Twitter. What do you mean you guess you have Twitter? You have I no agency of I your don't own. do it. You're like a character in your own life, aren't you? People... The only one that I do is Instagram. Why? Well, I did Twitter for a while, and I got hacked. Oh. And that was like... Yeah, that's bad. That was a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. They said some really offensive things, so... Oh, did you shut it down? Oh, no, you just... Got... You shut it down for a bit, and now I just don't have it. Oh. I thought yeah. you. I thought I got a tweet from a. I saw there was a tweet thanking all the radio stations that played your music or something. Was that not you? Was that the hacker? <laughs> yeah. Is the hacker thanking? We've everyone? employed the hacker. It's a gracious yeah. hack. A gracious hacker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Instagram. Are you going to gram this? Can we gram this moment somehow? Sure. Oh, we're not going to gram this moment. I we're not going to. I'd love to. I'd love to gram it. I, I need it. I need a photo. Yeah. This shouldn't be part of the show. This is thirteen hours by Andy Schaff. <laughs> From the beautiful and excellent album, uh, The Neon Skyline, which is out now via Anti Records. Yeah. And Arts and Crafts. Arts and Crafts. There you go. Uh, Andy, thank you again thank you. for having me on your frigid, bum ass bus yeah. and for uh, chatting with me about The Neon Skyline. And yeah. all the best to you going forward. Thank you. 
Thanks again to Andy Shaw for appearing on this, the 539th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all Apple and Google platforms and other things, too. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those things, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. Also, you can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative, or follow me directly at Vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. Uh, anyone who uh, donates $6 or more is entitled to exclusive audio content, and you can learn more about that at patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to live at MasseyHall.com where you can watch beautifully captured concerts 
by great Canadian artists. Also, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Uh, thanks, as always, to my friend, Jim Guthrie. He lets me use some music on the show, and you can learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. And finally, you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode that you just heard with me and Andy Schaff. Uh, Andy's been on the show one other time, somewhere in the back catalog. There's me and Andy there. Uh, lots of other people, lots of guests. So uh, delve deep if you're new to the show. And if not, thank you, uh, as always, for listening and subscribing to the podcast on the platform of your choice and, and suggesting your friends do the same. And I will be back with more episodes soon. So I will talk to you soon. That's all I have to say. Bye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.